this song is we was I don't I just know the little chorus of it, but I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Thank you, Diane. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I made it. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. 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 There's something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms. They shall all away but there's something, something about that name I said Jesus 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 there's just something about that name Master Savior Jesus, let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms. Come on, you guys. They're going to all pass away, but there's something about that name. And oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved. Sing that with me, you guys. Come on, if you love him. Oh, how I love Jesus. I love him this morning. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Amen. Thank you for whoever that was that lifted up that harmony. I thought that was you, Mother Allen. Hallelujah. Oh, it, oh, I thought that was you, <laughs> Miss Jenkins. 
She got a new name, y'all. <laughs> oh, Lord, she done done me like Kathy Ann. <laughs> it's going to take me a minute, but I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> there are two of us up in here. Miss Jenkins, Mother Jenkins. Oh, I'm like, which one should I say? <laughs> oh, praise God. We, we are glad that Miss Jenkins and Mr. Jenkins made it back from their honeymoon. Amen. And that they are in the house this morning. Oh, God. Thank God. This morning, I'm so glad to be here. And we're going to dismiss our children. Amen. Amen. Thank God for our, our young people. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. All right? First loved me. Before I could do anything, he loved me. I love him this morning, and we're going to continue on in where we're going in speaking on love and what the world needs <laughs> desperately <laughs> is love. I said what the world needs now, today, at this very moment, desperately is love. Love this morning, and I'm just going to pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, before I jump in, God. Can't jump in without you. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for the word that you have planted in my heart, God. Father, I ask right now that you would bring that seed to be planted in every hearer in the name of Jesus. What the world needs is love and not just any kind of love, God. They need your love. And so, God, today we pray, God, that we would hear your heart, God, and we would receive your love, God, and we would receive it unto it being planted so that now we can grow and go and share it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love has so many definitions in this world today and so many perspectives. It's something everyone needs but our definition sometimes can really mess us up. We have an expectation on a flesh perspective of love. It's like what we see and, and feel, the natural that comes through our senses. And our, this ex expectation that we have can only really come from a godly revelation of a love that is imparted within through our spirit. We've been talking about 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Sincere love is what we want to see be in our lives, right? We want to see it becoming in our lives. In comparison to what love really is, our best definition, I was walking around the house thinking about it, I've been thinking about love. This just been going through my mind, and as I watch different um, movies and different things, and hear people seeking love, I just this love thing is just really coming into my heart. That our best definition would be more correctly defined as like. Mm, come on now. Uh, our best come on. definition would more be defined as like compared to God's love. When we compare our definition of love to God's definition of love, it would be more like the word like. 
we throw out love, 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 love is thrown out in such a way that Pastor David was even saying we can we can say love over anything. I love this dress. I do love this dress. Okay? But what do I mean by that? Would I die for this dress? And I guarantee you, if they put it in purple, I would love it even more. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we throw love out, just love, love, love. The word of God says God is love. God is love. Unchangeable. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God is love. And to know love, we must know God. God's sincere love for us, as apostles spoke on last Sunday, is free. It's agape love. Nothing a person does earns this love. He shows his love by giving us exactly what we need. God's love is perfect, unconditional, sacrificial, and pure. You know, there's those statements like, I love chicken. I love ice cream. I love certain movies, certain cars. Oh, I love that song. Then we look in our culture and there's songs that that shape our mindset. And when I was coming up in, in, in high school and there were songs, some of this might date me and some of y'all might remember some of them, but um, there's the songs, I keep on falling in and out of love with you. Then there's, I fooled around and fell in love. Then there's, what does love got to do with it? Then there's the one, what's love but a secondhand emotion? These songs are reflective of, of our culture, conditional, traditional, transitional, temporary, carnal, self-absorbed love. So shallow. <laughs> so shallow compared to the love of God. But, but they have shaped us. And I, I remember one time I, I was thinking about my mom. My mom, last night, she used to love the blues. And when we were younger, my dad would say, why do you like them sad songs? And she would just love the blues, you know. And the blues, you, she would just turn on a bluesy song and the blues, you know. But they shape your, what they would do, they shape your emotions. And, 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 and if we're not careful, that's why you got to be careful what you listen to and what you put into your, to your spirit. Because what it does is shapes your emotions. And so when we're singing, what does love got to do with it? You know, all of a sudden we start looking at love like... I, you know, uh, Alicia Keys sing, sings the I keep on falling in and out of love. So we start shaping our emotions that that love is something that we go in and out of. What's love got to do with it? We start shaping our emotions that love is just a bunch of mess. What's love got to do with it? We start shaping our emotions by what we keep listening to. 
And I, I would see my mom. Sometimes she would just sing, listen to the blues song, and and she would she would sing this blues song, and sadness would come over her because what it was doing was shaping her emotions. And sometimes we don't realize that what we hear in the world and what we ingest from what the world's definition is, it begins to shape our emotions, and we begin to respond to love like how we've been shaped by what we hear. And the saddest part about it is not just that we respond to love from people by what we hear, we respond to God by what we hear. And so when we keep going through situations and we say that I keep falling in and out of love, we think that with God, that's that we kind of have that walk. I love you today, God. You know, instead of that song we sing in church, I love you forever. I love you. Okay, we sing that. But if we're not careful, our emotions get shaped by I'm falling in and out of love. And what they meant was, I love you today. It's, 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 it's conditional. It's based on if I'm happy with you today, if you're giving me what I want today, and I love you because it's conditional. But God's love is not conditional. And we have to be very, very careful what we let shape our heart of love toward God and what we receive as love from God. God is not in and out. And when you go into the word of God, it's such an amazing thing. When you start reading his word from Genesis to revelation is about a a, a God who loves us and pursues us. And in spite of us not loving him back and in spite of us turning our backs on him, his love is everlasting. It's not in and out, up and down on and off. It's always But if we don't get into the word of God, we will shape our love and our understanding of love by our culture. And when we go to him, we will go to him sometimes, you know, feeling unworthy, feeling like you don't love me today. I did something wrong and now you're. But that's the culture's way of loving and not God's. God is calling us to know him in a sincere way. You know, this 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 month and I keep hearing that and what gets me is that I keep hearing this statement this is the most uh, loving time of the year you know and I'm thinking one month okay this is the most loving time it says when people really um, they start to love and they love on their neighbor and they do good and I'm thinking one month. Now, I'm happy about that if they can do it in one month. I'm still happy about that one month. But God's sincere love is not just for a day or a month or an event. God's sincere love is for always. It is a position that we position ourselves because God. And we don't love because we just love because God is. And because he is, we are. And it shouldn't be something that we wait for a certain time to give, a certain time to love, a certain time to reach out. It should be something that we're doing automatically. It should be something that just comes out of us. God, every day God wakes us up. Every day God gives us a new day. Every day God gives us health and strength. Every day he's not waiting for your birthday. (laughs) 
<laughs> could you imagine if he just waited for our birthday to of life? But he does it every th- every day because God is love. I said God is love. He just doesn't do love. He is love. In 2 Timothy, it says this. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. And what it's saying is our culture has a form of godliness. It, it, it looks like love. You know, imitating love, it lo- has the form, but it doesn't have the power. It doesn't have the, it has a form, but no power. We can say we love, but we can't forgive. I love, but I can't let you go. I love, but I can't give. Come on. It has the form, you know, it, it has all the, you know, charm of love, but not the power of love. I was thinking about that song that says, uh, and, and it came to me last Sunday, that song that says, I fooled around and fell in love. And the Holy Spirit says, stop fooling around. Come on, let's stop fooling around with love. Love is not something we fool around with. And the main reason why that there's so much hurt in the world today and there's so much disillusionment about love today is because we've been fooling around with it. We fool around with it and we never get serious with it and we touch that thing in a wrong way and and we love inappropriately and we end up hurt and we end up in pain and we end up losing and we and we get mad at God because we are fooling around with love. And God said, it's time for us to stop fooling around with love. Love is not something that we fall into. People say, I keep falling in and out. Love is not something you fall into. Because when you fall into something, right? So, I can fall in, I can fall out. I love you today. I, I don't love I'm in, I'm in love. I was in love last year with her, and I'm in love with this year, this week with her. And I, I rotate this love because we're fooling around with it. And why we're fooling around with it is because the first love that we've got to get correct is the love of God. If I don't get the love of God correct, if I don't get that relationship correct, then I won't be correct in any other relationship. I don't care how good it looks. I said, I don't care how good it looks. If I don't get a relationship with God correct, well, me and Pastor, you couldn't have told me me and Pastor David was going to go through hell when we got married because I was in love. I fooled around and fell in love. I did. Fooled around. Opened myself up to things before I met. You know, in, in um, the chapter says that you shouldn't mess with love before time. You shouldn't open yourself up to it because before time. And before time means before you met Jesus. <laughs> before you know of true love. And so you wouldn't have told me. I thought there was nothing. I met the love of my life. Nobody going to tell me. I met the love of my life. 
And I had great expectations on the love of my life loving me, but I had little expectation on what I was going to do to love him. Most of us have expectation on receiving love, but little expectation on giving love. What's that person going to do for me? What's that person going to give me? What's that person? How is that person going to bless me, save me, walk, be my hero, be my king? Be... But I wasn't saying, oh, I'm going to be his queen. I'm going to be his heroine. I'm going to, no, 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 no. And most of us, when we get out of any relationship, it's because that our expectations were not met. And we hardly ever say that is something that we did. It's all about the other person did not meet my expectations. And when we have this kind of perspective, this is how we respond to God. We come to God with expectations, right? And we come to God and, and, and he's supposed to do this and he's supposed to do that. And he's supposed to do it when I want. He's some kind of Santa Claus like how this give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And when he doesn't meet our expectation, we walk away and we say, I don't love you anymore. The Bible even talks about a church that God says, I have something against you because your loving has grown cold. You love me at first and then things didn't work out right because we have that cultural perspective of that it's all about somebody giving me and I have nothing to give in return. Love is, we're always not just on the receiving end. Love means that you know how to give. And the only way you're going to know that or I'm going to know that is have the right relationship with God, who is, the, who is love and is the giver of love. Stop fooling around, God is telling us. Stop fooling around with love and get sincere. Get sincere. Today, that's what God wanted me to talk about, a sincere love. He wants us to get sincere. In 1 Timothy 1 and 5, it says this, Whereas the object and purpose of our instruction and charge is love, which springs from a pure heart and a good, clear conscience and sincere, unfeigned faith. As Paul was talking to Timothy, he was letting Timothy know that the whole point of that there was a lot of things going on at that time and a lot of people, they were debating about this or that. And what he was saying is, you know what, the clear point of all, we can do all this stuff and debate all these different things. But what I really want to get across to you is love, love from a pure heart and a good conscience. In the Message Bible, it says the whole point of what we're urging is simply love. Now, this is the next word, love uncontaminated. Now, this is what we need to recognize, that ever since the fall, ever since Satan came in and we listened to Satan, love became contaminated. It is not the pure love that God meant from the very beginning when he put Adam and Eve in the garden. 
love became contaminated. And once it became contaminated, when anything becomes contaminated, it is no longer pure. It does not have the, the same power or effect because its purity has been comprom- compromised. And so God wants us to realize that and to realize that we don't just walk around with a worldly understanding of love, but you have to go back to the creator of love. Yeah. And find out from the creator what real love is supposed to be. A lot of times we are letting the world shape us and the world advisors and and counselors shape our hearts toward love. Instead of going to the word of God and saying, what is love? You know, I think about that this week. I kept on saying as the disciples, they, they told Jesus, teach us to pray. And I said, Lord, teach me to love. Teach me to love. Because there's so many times we think we are dead on lovers when we are not. And when we go to examine our hearts, we find that our hearts are manipulative. We find that our hearts got some ook up in there. We find that our love is compromised. It is contaminated. It is picky. It is choosy. It it, it is up and down. Teach us to love God. Teach us to have sincere love. In Romans 12 and 9, it says this, let your love be sincere, a real thing. Now, when he writes this, it it lets us know when we read our, our Bibles and we read that scripture, it lets us know if it's saying, let your love be real, a sincere thing. It lets us know that love can be fake. So it lets us know that we've really got to examine ourselves. We just can't go la-di-da. I know I love, but God says, let your love be a real thing. So, Lord, show me where it's not real, God. Show me where I'm fake, God. Show me, God, where I'm not sincere. It says, hate what is evil. Now, this is how you're going to know that you have a sincere love, you guys. It's followed by let your love be a sincere thing. And then it comes after that with hate what is evil. Loathe all ungodliness. Turn in hope. But hold fast to that which is good. In the Message Bible, it says in that same verse, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. (laughs) Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. In Romans 12 and 9 in the NLT, it says, don't just pretend to love others. You know, we can be some of the most greatest pretenders. You know, um, these are as I, as I've grown in Christ. These are the things that I love the Holy Spirit. Okay, sometimes the Holy Spirit though is just like, oh, you did bust me out right there. The um, the Holy Spirit will know when we are pretenders. You know, you know we can be great pretenders. We can be smiling in your face and rolling our eyes in our head. Smiling and rolling our eyes. We can be smiling and looking over. I can be smiling at Mother Allen, but my other eyes on Sister Kanisha, and we both looking like she crazy. She crazy. We can be some of the greatest pretenders. And our hearts is, is so far from what we're trying to portray. And only the Holy Spirit will come up. You got to have the Holy Spirit that will check you. And the Holy Spirit will be like, you know what, right there, you faking. 
Right there, you need to repent. Right there, you need to check that against the word of God. That attitude. That, that, that. And you will find out that we are. It says don't just pretend to love others. Don't just pretend to love others. Really. Really. I like that. Really love them. It's like real, for reals, love them. Don't just pretend. Don't just tolerate. But God says, really? Have you ever? See, I, I learned how to tolerate real good. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Tolerate means, you know, while I'm in your presence, well, I can tolerate you, but, but, but am I going to call you and invite you to lunch? Probably not. Am I going to have you over to dinner? Probably not. I tolerate. That's what God's talking about. Pretend to love them. Love is an action word. Love shows love. It, 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 it's entreatable. It, it draw, it's, God says, I have drawn you with loving kindness. I have drawn you. And it doesn't push away. It draws. It 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 puts itself in to become relatable. And a lot of times what we can't relate to, we push away. But real love will entreat, it will draw, it, it will become a relatable, it will it will find out about that one that just gets on your nerves. On your nerves. And you know the funniest thing God really had to show me is 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 the people that get on my nerves. If I asked them if I got, got on their nerves, I probably got on their nerves. What makes what makes us think that we are sometimes we think we got it and that other person don't. <laughs> we got it together. We're 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 that person that's so lovable. <laughs> and I look at my husband sometimes I know I know if I if he said it there are some days I am some days I am unlovable. <laughs> because I know how do I know this for a fact? Because some days I don't even like myself. Some days I am just stanky to me. Some days I look in that mirror and I go, God, why do you love me? Some days I look and see how I do things and I'll be like, that was just ratchet right there. That was just ugly. Right? But then we will turn around and exclude others because of some quirk or something. But real love makes us relatable it makes us want to go in it makes us want to 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 know to know somebody beyond that quirky thing that stops us from loving them when it says for god so loved the world can you guys the world okay god so loved the smart God so loved the beautiful. God so loved the rich. God, it didn't say that. It did not say. It didn't categorize his love like that. It said God so loved the world. Everybody in it. God so loved the world. Can you imagine that? He so loved the whole world. 
when I think about that, that's a sincere kind of love. It's loving us beyond our faults and seeing our needs. He loved us. He didn't pretend to love us. He loved us. In 1 Corinthians 16 and 24, it says, My love, that true love growing out of sincere devotion to God, be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. So be it. In his in his um, welcome to in that letter, he says he lets us know how love grows. Love grows out of sincere devotion to God. Love grows. When we come to God, we are learning to love. We don't have it all. We are learning to love. But the only way we're going to get it. It's not just by coming up to the altar and you say, I give my life to Jesus. And and how many of us, you know, being disappointed, even uh, for me, I felt like, okay, I came, I gave my life to Jesus. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, walk away. And then there's some crazy stuff still in my life. It didn't disappear. It didn't just magically go away. Um, more and more, God would bring up different parts of me and reveal to me there's mm, there's some more work, there's some more work. But it only came out of growing, only came out of sincere devotion to God. I had to stay real close to God. I couldn't just leave the altar and say, I'm done, I'm through, I'm, I'm heaven bound, I'm ready to see Jesus. No, I had to leave the altar knowing that now my relationship with God had to, to come into a place place that we were walking together that 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 I was praying with talking and and reading his word I was in an intimate relationship so that God could do and show me the places that I need to be more like him in Philippians it says this Philippians 1 and 10 so that you may surely learn to sense what is vital we have to learn we have to learn. Everybody says we have to learn. We, when we come in here, we have to learn. And I love Pastor Sam. I keep going back. Let them grow. Let them grow. Because what happens to our love is that we come in and we think we got it. And now we're judging everybody who don't have We think they don't have it. But we all have to grow. And it says we have to learn. Learn. And this comes with us having a teachable spirit. Father, show me, search my heart and show me where I am not sincere so that you may surely learn to sense what is vital and improve and prize what is excellent and of real value, recognizing the highest and the best and distinguishing the moral differences and that you may be untainted and pure and unerring and blameless so that with hearts sincere and certain and unsullied, you may approach the day of Christ, not stumbling nor causing others to stumble. The 11th verse says, may you abound in and be filled with the fruits of righteousness, of right standing with God and right doing, which comes through Jesus Christ, the anointed one, to the honor and praise of God, that his glory may be both manifested and recognized. And Philippians is letting us know we have to learn. 
We have to learn so that we can know what is the best, what is vital, what is vital. Okay, because there's so many things that we can go for. But vital, you guys, vital to growing is love. Vital to having community and relationship, right, is love. We've got to learn it, though. We have to not, I can go on what my parents taught me, but if they didn't teach me the word of God, there's something in there that's erroneous, okay? It has to come from the word of God and not just from that carnality. Everything, and we need to listen to this, everything that we need of the spirit comes through the spirit. A lot of times we're trying to wrap our minds around what only our spirit can receive. And I want you to get this. A lot of times we are trying to receive things in the carnality, through the flesh. But everything, every good gift that we get from God, it is spiritual. And it has to come through the spirit. We, some people say, I can't wrap my mind around. No, you can't. <laughs> I can't wrap my mind on forgiving my enemies and doing good to them. The despite, I can't wrap. You can't wrap your mind around it. The problem is, is that you're trying to receive a spiritual precept, a spiritual strength through the carnality of a natural mind. It will never, ever make sense in your natural. A lot of times, and, and, and this is something this, this week I really got to study on, and it just really blessed my heart. Sometimes we're trying to receive our healing in the natural. We're trying to receive deliverance in the natural. But the Holy Spirit is saying that you have to receive this through the Spirit. You have to receive spiritual things through the Spirit. Loving like God, this does not come naturally, you guys. We must access the things of God through the spiritual realm. Love must first be received. It must first be received in our spirit. Look what happens. When it's received in our spirit, then our spirit unlocks with revelation. You can do nothing unless it's revealed to you. So our spirit unlocks with revelation, then it will release the power to do what has been revealed. Our spirit is unlocked by reading the word, by fasting, by praying. We cannot receive the supernatural through carnal, natural mind, carnal, natural understanding, our reasoning. We need a word Spoken from God to our spirit. And this is what God wants. We try so hard to love. We try so hard to love. I don't know why I can't love her. I don't know why. She just gets on my nerves. I've been trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. But the thing is, is that the spirit man needs to receive the rhema word to love your enemies the spirit not 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 your not your natural mind your natural mind will war against your spiritual mind for anything spiritual coming your natural mind is going to war against it but you once you receive it in your spirit 
with revelation. Revelation don't just come by itself. Revelation comes with power to do. So once your spirit man receives, then revelation comes with power and now we can do it. Natural man is going to fight it, going to fight it, say you can't. Oh, how can you? Don't make no sense. That's stupid that you're, you're being used. The natural man is going to tell you everything to make you feel like there's no way in the world you can do this. But when your spirit receives, I can do all things through Christ. When your spirit, really your spiritual man receives the revelation, I can, I really can, I really can do it, not in my flesh, but through Christ, I really can. And you guys, you know we can. When your spirit receives something, whether it be bad or good, when your spirit receives something, it will do it. It will do it. When your spirit, I've seen so many things in my life that once I received it, I could do it. Once I receive, I can do it. I can do it. I, I can, I can walk three miles on the treadmill before it was like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I don't know how people do that. I just can't do it. But there was something that once I received, and remember, you receive with revelation and understanding. First, it was like, this makes no sense. It's stupid. Why am I walking, just walking three miles on a treadmill? This is just dumb. Just just go and go. Now, see how we, once you receive wisdom, wisdom came three miles. I'm walking on the treadmill. I'm burning up calories. I'm getting, you know, I'm 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 getting my body exercise. Once you receive wisdom, you can do a lot of things. Okay? Yeah. You can do really anything once you receive the wisdom of it. God wants us to know that our carnal is going to fight his 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 wisdom unless we allow the revelation to come into our spirit. Revelation comes with the grace and the enabling power of God so that we can do it. Love does not come naturally, you guys. Just just to love does not come naturally. Because one thing about love in the natural is all about me. (laughs) Take care of me. Do good for me. It's not God's kind of love. It's self-absorbed kind of love. Most of us in the natural have a self-absorbed kind of love. But the kind of love that God gives that's about others. It's about sacrificing. It's about giving myself away. That just doesn't really come naturally in this flesh. In 1 John four fifteen through 17, in the message, it says this. Everyone who confesses that Jesus is God's son participates continuously in an intimate relationship with God. Now I want y'all to hear this because it's telling us what we should be doing. Everyone who confesses that Jesus is God's son participates continuously in an intimate relationship with God. Now you guys, I need us to let that be a rhema word that goes into our spirit and reveal that this is what we should be doing. We should be participating not on and off. Like I keep on falling in and out of love with God. No. It should be 
continuously an intimate relationship with God. It says, we know it so well, we've embraced it heart and soul, this love that comes from God. God is love. When we take up permanent residence, we're not moving in and out. This is our home. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house. Oh, come on. Who's running your house? Who's running our houses? This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. When you see me, you what did, what did Jesus say? When you see me, you see the Father. And that's what we should be able to say. When you see me, you see the Father. You see my Father, my Heavenly Father, when you see me. If I have taken up, let love taking permanent residence, made it my home. God is saying that it should be our home. It should have the run of our house. And that's why we have to learn and keep growing because sometimes we, we don't let love have the run of our house. And when we, we give in to our emotions and we give in to, to our feelings and we don't let love have the run of our house. In John 14 and 10, it says, do you not believe? This is what Jesus was telling his disciples. Do you not believe that I am in the Father? And that the Father is in me. I think what a bold statement. What a bold, what a bold statement to be able to say that. To, to somebody, do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? You know, when I think about it, I would want the answer to be that they say, yeah. But I would not want the answer to be they would go, mm-mm, I don't see God in you. All right? But it says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? What I'm telling you, I do not say on my own authority and of my own accord, but the Father who lives continually, 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 when they cut me off, when I'm driving, when they take the right away, and it's my turn, the Father who lives continually in me should show up. Come on, just show up. He should show up when, 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 you know, when someone takes something that I want, you know, father lives continually in me when I don't get what I want. Father, somebody was saying a coat or a car, Amanda, when I don't get what I want for Christmas, can they see that the father lives continually in me? Come on. When you don't say it right to me, when your attitude is funky, do I come back at you with funk? Or can they see that the Father lives in me continually, continually? Now, God doesn't say this morning to condemn us because I don't know. I mean, unless Jesus is sitting right here, I don't know nobody that can say continually in their walk, people have seen Jesus in them. But God is admonishing us that this is the goal that we should be striving after is that God is continually, continually, 
showing up in our life. It says, but the father who lives continually in me does the work, his works, his own miracles, deeds of power. And you guys, if we get, here's another spirit thing that we got to get. If I don't believe that, if this is not a rhema word that God lives in me, then I don't have the help that I really need. If I don't grab hold of that rhema word, he's in me. I don't know about you, but some things in the Bible I sit and contemplate and, 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 and you know, he's in me. I don't, I get so deep sometimes, sometimes I scare myself about things that I'm thinking about. So I'm like, he's in me. He's in me. He's, how can you be in me, God? You're in me. How can he be in us? Because he's a spirit. And he's in us. And when we really grab hold of that, he's in me. It means that when me and an apostle are having intense fellowship, I'm not there by myself. I'm not in this conversation by myself. I, I have him in me. And if I would believe it, I could rely on him to empower me to do what is needed to be done in every situation. Because he's not over there. He's in me. He's not some far away God. And because I'm tempted to sin, when I'm tempted to do wrong, I'm not by myself. When the enemy's telling me to go, I would just grab hold of that. I can say, Lord, you're right here right now. And God. And because you're in me. Oh, I'm on you. To do exactly what is needed to be done. Because God, I know that you sincerely love me. And that whatever you lead me to do, it is going to be for the best of me. You know, a lot of people say this, and God wanted wanted me to say this morning: love is not blind. That's right. Some people say, you know, she's blindly in love. Love is not blind. Real love is not blind. Real love is, comes from God, and God does not lead us into blind situations. God gives us light in every situation so we will know what to do and how to do it. Real love is not blind. A lot of people say, I just fell blindly in love. And look at look what happened. I just fell blindly in love. You've just fell blindly in lust. And God is saying, real love does not do that. Real love is led by God, directed by God. It, it, it shows up for the best of you, not for the best of you. Real love is not blind. Real love is going by the Father who lives continually in me. That he would want to live in me. When I think about, he wants to live in me. That's love, you guys. He wants to live in us. Not just walk by you. Just not, not just walk by you. He wants to live in you. And live in you so that he could be that close. To direct and guide you. I'm going to ask you right now. How's your love life? 
Is your love life sincere? How's your love life? Is it really sincere? Is it attractive? Does it bring glory to God? In Philippians 1, 9 through 11, my last scripture says this. So this is my prayer. That your love will flourish and that you will not only love much, but well. Don't just love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings. Because a lot of times we're ran by our feelings. We're not using the wisdom that the God who loves us gives us so that we won't fall in and out of love. It says you need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent. (laughs) You know, there's some stupid love going on. Making us make some stupid mistakes. But God is saying sincere and intelligent not sentimental gush I want to say that one more time so that your love is sincere and intelligent and not sentimental gush live a lover's life circumspect and exemplary and a life that Jesus will be proud of bountiful and fruits from the soul Making Jesus Christ attractive to all. Getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. Now there's something that God has called us to do. Making Jesus Christ attractive to all. His love makes him attractive. Have you ever seen the real love of God on display? So attractive. So beautiful. Someone forgiving. I remember when um, at our church, our pastor's wife, her brother had got killed. And watching their family as they loved on this person, that in my mind (laughs) deserved prison everything they got but watching them love see to to a lot of people that seems stupid but really after a while it's very attractive like how in the world can you do this how can you love somebody who's hurt you who's taken things from you it seems strange but that's what Jesus did for us (laughs) he loved in spite of and and it's why we come to him it's really why we run to Jesus because we can't even imagine someone you love me Lord, you saw what I did, and you saw what I did to who and how many, but yet you love me. It doesn't make me repulsed. It makes me run too. A love that loves me beyond me. 
And God wants us to know that our love, our love, sometimes we, we get mixed up in the world's kind of love. So we are that on and off. I love you today. I'm mad at you tomorrow. I, I speak to you today. I don't speak to you tomorrow. I can't stand you and all. But, but what makes it attractive is people that can go beyond that carnal stuff and still love and still draw and still entreat and still be nice to that's that's attractive it, it's it's a it's amazing almost it's like how do you do that we don't want anything that we say oh i do it just because i am. you know you know have you have my my grandkids are so funny they like to attribute everything to their own brain and power and so anything that they know i'll say how did you learn that i just know i just know but but we've taught them but they'll say i just know well god he gave us this and when people say how do you love your enemies god we're pointing back to god how do you love those that despitefully use you god how do you love those that that that's that you lend to them and they don't give it back to you god come on how to you in the next God how how do you know there's so many people like you if you only knew what they God if you only know what they really said behind you It don't point to me. Because in and of myself, in my carnality, uh, I would want to do something about it. But in my spirit, whatever I'm doing is not making me better nor you better in my flesh. But through God's love, we both can be changed. We both can be delivered. We both all about God. I want to ask you today, let's contemplate during this season. And, and, and we don't want this to be seasonal. We want to love sincerely every day. Every day I want to smile and say, hey, how you, I, you know, how so many people say, Merry Christmas, hi. People, you hardly ever say anything, okay? But all of a sudden it's, hey, Merry Christmas. I want to be, hey, how you doing? God loves you. Can I help you? Can I pray for you? What can I do for you? Not just Christmas. For God so loved the world, he gave a gift. A gift of love. A gift of love that's for every day of the year. We have the opportunity and we have a gift within us that we have an opportunity to share with the world. A sincere love. A love that says, God loves you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you have, no matter what you have not. God loves you and I do too. Because some, sometimes we'll tell somebody we love them. We'll tell somebody God loves them. Okay, that's what I mean. God loves you, but we won't be the arms and the legs. We won't be that love. I can't tell you God loves you without extending that love from my heart 
from my hands, from the goodness of God. Let's stand. How's your love life? Is it sincere? Reminding us today, God says, stop fooling around with love. Love's too important. Love transforms. Love changes. Love redeems. It's too important for us to play around with it and get it all messed up and to the point that now we're hurting and we hate the very thought of love because we've messed it up. It's too important. God says, don't play around with it. Let's get into the word of God and see what love really is. And when we find out what love really is, let it be revealed in our spirit. So it can be walked out in our lives. And it can be walked out and given to a world that's looking for it. They're looking for it, you guys. They're looking for a real love. There's every, I just want a real love. People are just a real love. Well, the real love... It's within all of us. We are carriers. <laughs> oh, God, we are carriers. If we could just be carriers like this virus that would be so contagious and jump on people, the real love. If we could be those kind of carriers of sincere love, be so contagious that it goes from person to everyone we meet. They go, man, that Tiffany, she got a real love. Real love. I want that. Make it so attractive. Somebody says, I want that. I want that. Instead of somebody saying, if that's what love is, <laughs> I don't want it. We want them to look and, f- look and say, I want that. I want that. And we want to be able to still be that person that says, and how did you get it? Where did that come from? It comes from God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for us to give, you guys. For us to give. Not just to admire. Not just to put the baby Jesus as a decoration in our house. It should be decorating our lives. Jesus should be the decoration of our lives. And his love should be something that people see and want and desire because it's so out loud in our lives. Today we thank God for a sincere love. You can trust Jesus. Can I tell you that? You can trust Jesus. So many people are saying they're giving up on Jesus, but I always say to myself, am I representing him right? Because sometimes I don't represent him right. Sometimes I let fear override love. God says, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And sometimes we represent fear that takes away from the pureness of God's love. And how we respond to people is out of fear instead of out of love. Let's represent. Because, okay, God can be trusted. He can be trusted. And he loves us with an everlasting love. Not on and off. Everlasting. He said, if you make your bed in hell, come on. Where can I go from your presence? Where can I go? God says, I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. You guys 
what kind of love is amazing love because we would walk away from people if they even got close to the pit of hell we're gonna walk away we're gonna be like "Uh uh-uh but god says i'm with you hand extended love pure saying here i am just grab hold grab hold he's that father that though we may run away he's that father that's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting like the story of the prodigal he's waiting and he's waiting the other brother was so mad feeling like the brother just didn't deserve that kind of love but but that was really because the other brother didn't really count what kind of love that his father really had Sometimes we don't even evaluate how much love God has for us. And we get mad when God shows love to people that we feel like they should have been counted out. They should be done. Look what they're doing. They shouldn't even be here. They should be. Oh, God. But see, God always says, is that what, how you would want me to do you? Ebony, that was, you blessed me right there, sweetie. Ebony's little face went like this. Like children. They understand that. That we would want God to do unto us. Right? The good thing. So we should want him to do that to someone else. Unsincere love. This morning as we end. If anyone wants to come to the altar with me as I pray. Father I want to go into this year with a sincere love you guys there are so many that are still lost there's so many that don't know the love of Jesus Christ there are so many that are hurting and they're finding substitutes for God drugs and alcohol and 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 relationships and things that will not fill their lives they're looking for real love God, I don't want to be fooling around with your love. I want your love to be sincere in my heart, in my life. Oh, Father, I pray for these that have come, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that this year, God, this year, the sincerity of your love for them out of that sincere love that they receive, God, that they will be able to give it to others, oh God. Oh, Father, give us a heart like your heart, God. A heart for people, God, to to love them, to know them, to embrace them, oh God. Oh God, help us not to cast away anyone, God. Through your love, Let everyone have an opportunity to know you, God. To say yes to you, God. To be changed, God, in your name. Love, God, let it begin with me. The love that I want to see, God, let me be. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, let my Sincerity have no pretense in it, no fakeness in it. 
in the name of Jesus. Allow your Holy Spirit to correct me, to check me. Lord, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that that's what the Holy Spirit does. Corrects, checks, teaches, empowers God. Oh, God, in the name, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit take the body of church to the body, your body, to a higher level of love this coming year. Oh, Father, you said the harvest is plentiful. You said the harvest is plentiful and the labors are few. And could it be that our love is not on point? That's why the labors are so few. Father, we ask right now, God, that our hearts become willing labors not just willing Lord but loving labors in the name of Jesus Lord we bless you we bless you right now that you love you absolutely love every single person standing here today and Father I ask for where condemnation tries to rest Father you have not Giving us the spirit of condemnation. We are free. Free indeed. We are free. Free indeed. The Bible says even if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. Hallelujah. Because you know what our hearts will tell us? (laughs) You're not worthy. (laughs) You're not doing this right. You're never going to make it. You're going to have to keep coming up to this altar. You know what you need to tell the enemy? Yes, I am. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to keep coming to the altar. In the name of Jesus. God is greater than our hearts. That will try to condemn us. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we let your conviction do what your conviction does. But we rebuke the spirit of condemnation. For Father, you love us. Let your grace rest, rule, and abide over each one that is standing here. And, Father, for those that are standing and praying, let your sincere love rise up in us, God, to a greater level in the name of Jesus. This very week, God, open our eyes to someone that we can pour out our love on them, God, that you have given us. Pour out that grace that you have given us. Pour out that forgiveness that you have given us. Pour out that long suffering that you have given us. Pour out that patience that you have given us. This very week, God, open our eyes and open our hearts so that we can love like you. Sincerely, in Jesus' name, amen, amen.